Well, thank you, men. There is not room for a minute of pride in a child of God, were it not for grace. We'd all be headed to a devil's hell, and that's what we deserve. That's what we deserve, but thank God. His grace, giving us what we do not deserve, gave us a salvation. I want to preach tonight on this subject, and the title is a question. Is there a need of warning or forewarning of judgment coming? Is there a need, is there a need for warning of judgment coming? Heavenly Father, we get very busy in our lives and in our work. And sometimes we think of just what's going on in the events on the calendar, in the month, in the week, and in the day. The truth is, you teach us to pay attention not only to what's going on in our lives, but that you are coming again. And Lord, that coming is a wonderful time for those of us who know you as Savior. But those that are lost and undone. And Lord, it is our responsibility to be sure they are warned of the judgment that is to come. Bless the message, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Should I as a pastor, should I as a preacher, be warning and reminding us of a coming judgment of God as is laid out in the book of Revelation. Are we out of time? Are we close enough? Are we approaching the time that we should be with urgency warning folks of the judgment that is to come? It's interesting when you study the warnings of prophets and preachers when you study the warnings of coming judgments throughout the Bible, that every generation had someone or a group of prophets or preachers that would warn them of a pending judgment for that generation. For example, the Bible says that God looked down from heaven and it repented God that he had made man when he saw the wickedness of man on the earth. The Bible said they were continually wicked and they were working to imagine things that were more wicked than what they were doing now. They had given themselves over to evil and sin and iniquity. And God warned Noah and Noah preached 120 years that judgment of the flood would come. The Bible says, by faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. The Bible says Noah moved with fear because God told him there was a judgment coming. Is there a judgment coming in our generation that somebody should be speaking up about? Sodom and Gomorrah was a city or group of cities that were destroyed for their sin according to Genesis chapter 19 and verse number 24. And sadly, while God and Abraham discussed God sparing the city, 
He said, I'll spare it for 50 righteous, 40, and then down. He said to the number 10, I'll spare it. And the reason he said he would spare it is the 10 would be a warning of judgment that was coming and what they could do to prevent the judgment of God from coming in their generation. Sadly, they had to drag Lot out that should have been warning of coming judgment but had vexed his righteous soul from day to day in the wickedness of Sodom. Is there, a, is there an example for us in that story? That Lot, while he should have been promoting righteousness and he should have been warning them of judgment that was coming, he vexed his righteous soul in the wickedness of the day. Ezekiel was a prophet that warned of coming judgment. The Bible says in Ezekiel chapter 3, Son of man, I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore hear the word at my mouth and give them warning from me. When I say unto the wicked, thou shalt surely die, and thou givest him not warning, nor speakest to warn the wicked from his wicked way to save his life, the same wicked man shall die in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at thine hand. Yet if thou warn the wicked, and he turn not from his wickedness, nor from his wicked way, he shall die in his iniquity, but thou hast delivered thy soul. Generation after generation that turned their back on God saw some type of judgment come from the hand of God. Uh, there were times that the nation of Israel, as they obeyed God, as they worshiped God, they prospered. They prospered, but as they turned their back on God and they began to uh, behave as the heathen behaved, uh, they enjoyed the music of the heathen and the dress of the heathen and the behavior of the heathen. And certainly uh, there's a warning there for those of us as children of God that we're not to be like the unconverted. And there were times that they lost their national sovereignty. Uh, there were times that they lost their temple, uh, their place of worship, the thing that brought them together. But that was then. Is there a judgment you and I should give some thought to? Should it not be brought up at work at some point in time about a coming judgment to this world? Should it not be talked about at school occasionally? Uh, should uh, we not maybe uh, change the subject from sports to the possibility of judgment just in the next few days or weeks or months? And we don't know when, but we know according to the scripture when you see these things come to pass, then lift up your head for your redemption draweth nigh. He said, you know uh, when the east wind blows, you know when the west wind blows, you know when the uh, trees uh, uh, give uh, their leaves and you know the changing of the season. He said, if you can recognize that, there ought to be some recognition of coming uh, judgment. I go through the scripture. I even find the psalmist in the very first psalm. Look at it with me. Psalm number one. The psalmist is not only telling us about the blessed man, he's warning about the ways of the ungodly. He said in Psalm number 1, in verse 1, Blessed is a man 
that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Shouldn't there be a pause in all of the celebrations of the fun and the entertainment and the amusements of the world? Say, wait a minute. Has anybody said this is the pathway to destruction? Has anybody reminded you that the ungodly are going to perish? Has anyone said to this generation, or do we believe that this behavior and uh, this celebration and this spending of borrowed money of generations to come can last forever and we can go on and on and on and never face generation? Doesn't someone need to be talking about the pending judgment at hand? Solomon recognized the destruction of the wicked and he warned them in the Proverbs. As he penned uh, the Proverbs 16 18, pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Isaiah the prophet was a prophet of warning. He warned the wicked of judgment in Isaiah chapter 3, verse number 16. Moreover, the Lord said, Because the daughters of Zion are haughty and walk with stretched forth necks and wanton eyes, walking and mincing as they go and making a tinkling with their feet, therefore the Lord will smite with a scab the crown of the head of the daughters of Zion and the Lord will discover their secret parts. Is there not a need today as there was in the day of Isaiah to say, look, you want to live right. You want to give your life to God. You want to live in righteousness and holiness because the way of the ungodly. Uh, you'll perish and uh, you'll face judgment and, and uh, you don't want to go that way. Shouldn't somebody be saying that to the young people of our generation today? Shouldn't that, uh, that be said to the young couples of today? Shouldn't that be said to the grandparents of today uh, that seem to have uh, forgotten the fact that you and I are examples for another uh, generation that's coming uh, and we we need not let down our stand and our guard and our service and our fervor for Christ, but be an example of service. Hey, Jesus is coming soon. Yes, I understand you and I, we're not going to face the judgment of God when the trumpet of God sounds. We're going to leave this whole world and we're going to be caught away as Noah was saved by the ark and a lot was taken out of the cities before destruction and we're going to be gone, but shouldn't somebody tell the crowd that doesn't know Christ you better get ready. Jesus is coming and judgment is coming with it. Jeremiah warned the people of his generation. Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 4, lest my fury come forth like fire and burn that none can quench it because of the evil of your doings. Declare ye in Judah and publish in Jerusalem and say, blow ye the trumpet in the land. Cry, gather together and say, assemble yourselves and let us go up into the defensed cities. 
Set up the standard toward Zion. Retire, stay not, for I will bring evil from the north and a great destruction. The lion is come up from his thicket and the destroyer of the Gentiles is on his way. He has gone forth from his place to make uh, thy land desolate and thy cities shall be laid waste without an inhabitant. That was the warning uh, of those days of Jeremiah. Do we not need Christians in college that warn other college students of judgment to come for evil and ways of iniquity? Some say, preacher, that's in the Old Testament. The Old Testament was Jesus' favorite book to preach from. And I recall here from Matthew 24 of Jesus preaching and he said, But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. Jesus continues, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. There shall be two in the field. One shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the meal. The one shall be taken and the other left. Jesus walked back to the Old Testament and he said there was judgment in that generation. And just as sure as the flood came and judged the folks of that day that rejected God, so the Son of Man is coming and you need to be ready to meet the Lord. I say to you tonight, if you don't know Christ as Savior, trust Him tonight. Don't let this day end before you put your faith and trust in Christ. I say to those of you that may be watching me online or in some manner in that way, if you don't know Christ as Savior, you don't want to wait till next week and the week after. The Bible says in the days of Noah that just before that rain began to fall, that God closed the door. And dear friend, one day, and it could be in this very day that the trumpet of God would sound, God's people would go to heaven and judgment would begin to fall on this land. The book of Romans begins with warnings in the first two chapters. He warned them and told them because of their immorality, their ungodliness, their abominable behavior, Worshipping the creature rather than the creator. Worshipping the earth rather than the great God who made the earth. Can I tell you, those who do that, do that by choice. Not just of choosing to worship the earth, but choosing not to worship the God of heaven. You know what the Bible says of that crowd? God gave them up to reprobate minds. It tells us why they behave in such a reprobate manner. You continue through the Bible. You come to the book of Romans. You come then to the letters to the church at Corinth. You read the writings of Peter. Peter wrote in his day, 
for the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And his first began at us. What shall the end of them that obey? What shall the end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? Hey, folks, we're not playing church. We're trying to keep folks from dying and going to a devil's hell. That's pretty serious business. Sometimes folks forget that there's a hell and they say, Preacher, you're a little rough tonight. You're a little strong tonight. What do you expect a fireman to do if you're in a house that's burning? What, what, what do you expect a rescue worker to do if you're in a car that has been in an accident and in, in, in a wreck and they're working to save your life? A friend, uh, they do all they can do to rescue you. Hey, folks, judgment's coming. Hell is coming. Death is coming. Somebody has to speak up and say, wait a minute. Christmas is more than lights and songs and fun and celebrations, and I enjoy all of that. But Christmas is about the Christ child coming to save us from sin and death and judgment and hell. Somebody has to lift their voice and say, judgment is coming. Peter wrote, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away, with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. And the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. The second chapter of John's second epistle is a chapter filled with warning of coming judgment. Paul wrote to young Timothy. He took two chapters to say, this know also. And the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. And he goes on to explain what was in the news today. And he says in chapter 4, he said, Now, Timothy, you preach the word. There are those that are going to turn from the truth. They're going to turn to fables. They'd rather hear stories. Stories that make them feel good. And they'll teach to themselves teachers having itching ears. We've never had as many teachers as we have today. Turn on radio, you can find Bible teachers anywhere. I'm not against a Bible teacher, but I wouldn't give you two cents for a Bible teacher that never stopped and said, wait a minute now, folks, you have to understand, the reason we need to know this is there is a heaven and there is a hell. There is a coming judgment and there is a coming a time when Jesus returns. Hey, and you need to be ready and you need to be ready today to know him. As Savior. In John's book of the Revelation, he wrote, And I saw a great white throne, and him that sat on it from whom, whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. There was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man, according to their works. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. 
Now, now this is a prophecy. This has not yet happened, but God let John see what was going to happen. What I just read is going to take place. Here's what we learn about God's judgments and his warnings in the Bible. First of all, God always sent his men to warn of coming judgment. You know why? God takes no pleasure in judgment. God takes no pleasure in judging the wicked. He takes, he, he takes no pleasure. In fact, in the passage that we read, our, our text passage, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but his long-suffering uh, to us were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God gives to every generation a warning sign, a warning sound, a voice, by the way, one of the ways you'll know if a man is a man of God, he doesn't just talk about good and happy and positive things. He'll warn you of judgment to come. Here's the second thing I learn about God's judgment. God always separated the righteous from the wicked before he judged the wicked. The Bible says in Genesis 18.25, and Abraham speaking to God, that be far from thee to do after this manner, to slay the righteous with the wicked, and that the righteous should be as the wicked, that be far from thee, shall not the judge of all the earth do right. You know what he's saying? He's saying before any judgment of God. Not talking about the consequences of our sinful behavior. I'm talking about when God judges, God separates the righteous from the ungodly. By the way, I believe the next event, according to the scripture to take place, is the catching away of the bride, the sounding of the trumpet, what we call the trumpet, uh, what we call the rapture, and then the seven-year tribulation period will begin. Uh, I believe that. I believe what the Bible teaches. I believe God is consistent. I believe he's by principle and law and does so from the beginning to the end. And I'm thankful that when the trumpet sounds, I'm headed to heaven. I'm thankful for that. I'm grateful for that. Oh, but dear friend, I would not even be a good human being that I didn't warn another to say, you need to be ready to meet the Lord. You need to know Christ as your Savior. I want to say number three, every warning of God's judgment was fulfilled. Not one bluff. Not one bluff. Whatever God said, that's going to happen. His yeas are yea, his nays are nay. God's not like the parent that say, now if you do that again for the 465th time, I want to whip the parent and then whip the child. Foolish, God doesn't do that. Number four, as I understand the scripture, there is a major judgment that is prepared and is on the way. Some of the difficulties we find ourselves in are often the result of our own sinful behavior. And that's different than the judgments of God for sin. But there is a judgment prepared, prepared in detail to this nation and to this world that's turned its back on God and has rejected Christ as Savior. The coming judgment is a catastrophic judgment. It is an apocalyptic judgment. There is nothing that can stop this judgment. It is imperative that there be warnings issued. It's interesting to me how 
when they discover a new variant of this COVID virus, they quickly get out those warnings. They quickly call press conferences. It's in Africa. It's in Europe. It's in California. I've heard folks talk about how we ought to care about others. Don't misunderstand me. I don't believe we should be foolish. and I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't believe we were. We're very careful about caring for one another during those days that we were unsure of what happened, what would happen with COVID. But I don't hear one person talk about the judgment that is to come. What a shame that I would help my neighbor to be safe and die and go to hell. What a shame it would be to let a person in our city be protected and safe and we care about their safety, but we don't care that judgment is coming. You understand right now, we have a government that's giving away yet another trillion dollars that it does not have to support the programs that are anti-God, anti-good, and moral, abominable, and evil. But the concern about their money they're losing from churches and are stirring and working to get a consensus, to get a group that would be willing to vote to tax churches. The reason churches do not pay property tax is because our government said in the beginning this gospel in this book ought to be published and ought to be preached in every part of this world. And we want our neighborhoods built around churches. And the school and the church was the same thing. This lie, this, 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 this myth of separation of church and state. Friend, uh, God's going to separate church and state one day. He's going to blow the trumpet. She's going to be separated then, I'll tell you for sure, because the church is out of here. Russia is preparing to take Ukraine. China is already ready to take Taiwan and basically any part of the world that they want. You read and study prophecy and revelation, you'll find that the Bible tells us those nations of the north, they're going to come marching on Israel. Hey, folks, somebody needs to sound the trumpet. The days of grace are coming to a close. I have no choice. I have no alternative other than to warn this generation. And young people that are growing up in this generation, if you don't want the judgment of God to fall in your day, you need to turn to him and glorify God in your life. Reject the evolution that rejects God and get a hold of a faith that believes God is the creator of this world. Reject the murder by abortion and the fornication that goes right along with it. Reject the music and the vocabulary that curses God and the video games that curse the God of heaven and, and, and teach to kill the authority that God has placed in our lives. Reject the disrespect and hatred toward others and other generations that's being promoted today. Reject the policies and the politics of the day that steal from those who will work and give to those who are lazy. Be a generation of hardworking, God-fearing Bible-believing people. Let me take a couple of minutes and show you just a glimpse, just a picture of the judgment that's on the way. 
There's seven seals mentioned in Revelation 6 and 8. There's seven trumpets in Revelation 8, 9, and 11. There's seven bowls or vials introduced in Revelation 16, 1 through 21. These three series of end-time judgments from God get increasingly worse and more devastating as the end times progress. The seven seals and trumpets and bowls are all connected one to another. The seventh seal introduces the first of the seven trumpets. The seventh trumpet introduces the first of the seven bowls. The seven seals include the appearance of the Antichrist that promises peace. There's a white horse, a red horse, a black horse, and a pale horse. As you open the pages of Revelation chapter 6, one rider follows the other. While the Antichrist promises peace to follow him is world warfare. To follow war is famine. To follow famine is plagues. To follow the plagues is multiplied death. A devastating earthquake. The heavens are changed. The weather is not out of control, but it's changed and under the controlling command of our Almighty God. Those who survive these six seals, they cry out to the rocks and the mountains, fall on us and hide us from the face of God. The seventh seal introduces the seven trumpet judgments those trumpets include hail and fire that fall mingled from the sky. Much of the plant life in the world is destroyed. One third of the animals in the water die. The sun is darkened and the moon is darkened. Demonic lo locusts come out of the pits of the earth. They appear as horses prepared for battle. They have on them a crown of gold. Their face looks like a man. The hair is like a woman. Their teeth are like a lion. They have wings that sound like horses and chariots of a multitude that are coming. Their tails are as the tails of scorpions. And they torment men day and night I'm not talking about the next fictional movie that's coming out of Hollywood. I'm talking about the judgment that's coming out of heaven that we need to warn people. You need to prepare that you can escape the judgment of God. The seventh trumpet calls. The seven angels who carry seven vials or seven bowls the Bible says that God's wrath is poured out without mixture. There is no grace. There is no mercy. God's wrath. When we read of these, we find that men are covered with painful sores and boils that afflict humanity. The death of every living thing in the sea. And you can imagine the stench and the disease the rivers will turn to blood. The sun and the sky will multiply its heat to intensity. 
darkness will fall, and confusion will come. The advance of the Antichrist army will begin to gather at Armageddon, still thinking that he can be the ruler of the world. And when God brings us back from heaven, riding on that white horse, ah, dear friend, with his name written on his, on his vesture, on his thighs, the King of kings and Lord of lords. The Bible says that he destroys Satan with just the brightness of his coming. The Bible tells us that battle ensues at Armageddon that the blood will flow to the horse's bridle. You say, I don't believe that. doesn't matter if you believe it or not. It's coming. It's coming. It's not talking about religion. I'm talking about knowing Christ. They laugh and think the sin is fun. They think the little balls that go around and they gamble and they drink and they commit adultery. And they think it's fun to steal from the children and send them home without a meal and without a father and without a mother, wondering where their parents are, chasing a bottle, chasing somebody that's not their husband or not their wife, and all they're having a big time. But all, dear friend, somebody needs to say, you folks better pay attention. It's about time for the sounding of the trumpet. Now I'm going. I'm out of here when that trumpet sounds. I'm out of here. When they play these instruments back here, I make sure I listen. I want to I be ready. I want to recognize that sound of the trumpet. When I hear it blow back here, I get light-footed. Stand with me. I've got to stop. Stand with me. From the beginning to the end, somebody's cried judgment. Somebody has to say in this generation, oh, they tell me, can't preach like that. Nobody will come to church. They won't listen to that. Oh, listen to me. There's a remnant of righteous in every generation. And if there were not, the truth should still be proclaimed. Heavenly Father, thank you that you're